welcome to Bangalore Revival Center a church dedicated to loving God and serving people today we have Jennifer Ashwini bringing the word be prepared and be receptive as she teaches from the word on setting boundaries in our life hope this will bless you i had a beautiful picture to display before i come to the topic do you understand anything from that yeah they're trying to cross boundaries so i'm just going to talk a little bit on boundaries today so there are different type of boundaries you know there's physical boundary there's emotional boundary there is boundaries in relationship and there's personal boundaries so today i'm going to i believe that this was something that god was teaching me in building my personal life and me as a person so i think it's time and it's something that god wants to uh, teach to you or let you know that there are boundaries that is very important in our life yeah are you excited yes. even before getting into the word i would just like to take a minute and pray and believe that that even as you listen even as you are receptive in the presence of god there are things in your life which which you are drawn to which you are bound to which is not in the will of god will set you apart by the presence of jesus in your life father we thank you for the word and we believe and we and we believe lord that everything that you have deposited in the atmosphere and through your word shall bear fruit even as they receive in jesus name we pray amen i kind of like to teach with pictures and formulas because i like mathematics how many of you like maths in this place math oh, only one all right this won't be like you know the uh math which is difficult where i would ask you to add subtract nothing like that it's a it's a diagram so do you know venn diagram have have you learned sets venn diagram before that what do you understand by looking at this it's a circle anything else it's an area yeah it's an area it's a portion it's a property all right so say that can you see it okay so this property belongs to lucy just say i'm just giving you an example all right so what are the things that come to your mind when you say that a property belongs to a person good there is something very good so ownership the first thing is ownership second thing anything you can just guess just interact with me because i don't want to be a preacher this morning i just want to interact with you and just give you something that i have learned private space there's something called worth or value of this right you would not choose a property uh randomly so you will know the value before you get into it or you buy it you should know the value of it yeah so now lucy is already a owner of the property and she knows the value and the third thing that she would do is she would take responsibility of that property so the third thing is 
responsibility. So this is in terms of a physical property. And basically what I'm trying to say is you can implement the same principles in your life as a personal property. Because you know, you as a person, Lucy, you have a boundary in your life. You have a limit. So let me take you through the definition of boundary. A line which marks the limit of an area. A line, basically, this is the line which marks the limit of an area. So each and every person has a boundary, has a boundary, and you are in a limitation. And that is how God has created. We'll come to the word before we get into uh, the spiritual meaning of it and learning the boundaries. But the three things that you need to understand is about yourself. Take ownership. Take ownership. Value yourself and take responsibility. These three things are the key feature for any person to build yourself as a leader. See, I think I, I am not bringing the word uh, because it is something that I learned personally, but I believe that each and everyone who is planted in BRC is not planted randomly. You know, you, you didn't come to this church because you didn't find any church. All right? Do you, do you believe that with me? Because there is nothing in the spiritual realm which happens by coincidence. There is a plan of God. So the plan of God for you is to be planted, is to be placed in BRC. You know, each and every one over here is picked up to be a leader, not to be bounded in a place, but to be, but to be planted in different areas of the world and to and to build churches, and to build the principles of God. And that's how you and I are called. And if you don't know that you are you're called to be a leader, if you are a regular person who's attending BRC, I'm sure to say that you're called to be a leader. And if you have to be a leader, then you need to know what ownership means, you need to know what a value is, and you need to know what a responsibility is. Because when you have all these three then you will be a best decision maker. And one of, the, one of the key factor or one of the keys of a good leader is how well he decides, his decision skill set. So, yeah, that's my topic. And for us, and for us to build ourselves as a beautiful leader and to lead by an example, we need to know the boundaries. We need to know the boundaries. So coming to my next explanation. All right. So you see two boundaries. So basically now imagine these boundaries to be two person. All right. Now say this as Pastor Kachi. I'm, I'm naming it as PK, okay? And take this to be Sijo. Just a random name. All right. So they are person. They are individual people. You know, what happens is, if we don't know how to, how to lay boundaries, it's, it's, it's very hard, it's very difficult when we get into a bondage. So, for example, say Pastor Kachi has certain characteristics. Say he has love, he has joy, he has, uh, name something, right? Patience. Okay, peace. I'm just giving all good terms. 
terminologies. I don't want to take uh, bad examples like jealousy, envy. I don't want to take all that. So take Sijo. He has love. He has joy. Let me take one negative thing, all right? Take if Pastor Kachi has jealousy and Sijo also has jealousy. And uh, yeah, some, something X and Y, all right? So uh, there's this principle in mathematics that is uh, called, in the sets, they call it a union, principle of union. Basically, that means that say if this is PK and this is S, PK union S, what happens is you need to combine all the good, uh, all, all the common uh, matches together. So what happens is, now the set becomes like this, all right? So say jealousy, joy, love, these three are in common. So this is PK and this is Sijo. Now you see, this is how a person interacts with another person. You don't know what they are. Initially, you get attracted or you think that you both are on the same page. You both have same uh, bonding. Initially, it seems like that. And that's how a communication builds. For example, if I am talking to Elena and she becomes my best friend, one of the things is because maybe we both uh, have same likeness. Both of us would like same things to do. But this doesn't help in the long run. You know, what happens is, there is something without your knowledge happens. That is, there, there is a bondage that builds between you two. Now see, Sijo has access of so much into Pastor Kachi's life. And Pastor Kachi has this portion of Sijo's life. Even before you realize that there is a bondage and you've crossed your boundaries. You get into troubles. You get into problems. You try to come out of it. I'm sure that there, there is God who's gonna help you to come out of it, but why waste of time is my question today. Why do you have to allow that in the first place? It's better for us to know our boundaries. I don't know how much this example helped you, but this is just a diagram. But when, when it comes to life, when it comes to, as a person, it is, it is much more than that. There's so much in that which I can't uh, touch right now because I'm not getting into the detailing of it. Maybe if God gives me the grace, I would definitely next time. But what you have to understand is don't allow these bondage and be into a place where you can't come out, have your space, and you're giving access to multiple people. This is just the case of two people. Now, say that there is other person here. Say Matthew. Matthew. And he has certain things, joy, love, jealousy. And there is so much. Now, Pastor Kachi has given access to so much, so much portion of his life to someone else, and he's struggling. He's struggling to come out. He doesn't know how to deal with. So it's important for us to build boundaries is all I'm trying to say.
when i heard this word from god i really didn't know how to start with i really didn't know lord just give me a verse or a word nothing nothing worked so i just randomly opened the bible the first page genesis chapter 1 verse 1 in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth in the beginning what did god do yes he created the heavens and the earth so um something came into my mind when i read this i really wanted to uh, i love science and math so i really wanted to get into uh, a little bit of research you know big bang theory right what does it say how was the universe formed just a huge explosion that's it huge explosion and what happened was in this huge explosion probably uh, the volcanic outgassing probably created the primordial atmosphere then the oceans but the early atmosphere contained almost no oxygen keep this in your mind so there was an explosion and what happened there was an atmosphere that was created and after the atmosphere there was an ocean which was created and then it says it contained no oxygen okay you remember this there was a atmosphere and then the ocean and then no oxygen let me come to the word of god okay in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth the second verse says the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of god was hovering over the surface of the waters how was the earth it was formless the earth was formless and it was empty second thing there was darkness that was cover covering the deep waters and the third thing was the spirit of god was hovering over the surface of the waters so i don't i believe that this was god who tried to explain me you know um i don't know about uh, what the science says on evolution and stuffs but one thing i can assure is even the science can't prove what the bible proves so over 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 there in the explosion in the big bang theory there was no oxygen at all and if you research further right you will see when was the oxygen formed is when there was plants and you know trees and few uh, fungals do you know that if you don't know i'll tell you so plants are the key factors on earth to to generate oxygen very simple yeah so that is how the science tries to uh, explain but over here earth was formless just like the atmosphere you know it was formless there was nothing and the second thing there was deep waters science also says there was oceans after the atmosphere what was what was the second creation it was oceans same thing and third thing over here that we see is there was no oxygen but over here the spirit of god was hovering over the surface of the water 
who was hovering the spirit of god was hovering you know i believe that the oxygen was in in simple terms oxygen is life can you live without oxygen you see so many covid patients what are they suffering with can't inhale oxygen and the spirit of god was hovering over the surface of the water and if you read the later part he is he he creates a lot of things he makes lights and thing and then and then he creates human whatever he gives a life so the science can't prove that when when did the life come into picture when was the oxygen that came into picture but bible is so clear that god was hovering and then he gave life so he was the oxygen in our life he was the oxygen so uh let me let me read it further for me to make it a little bit clear so yeah genesis chapter 1 3 god said let there be light and there was light so when i was reading the second verse right the earth was formless and empty the darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of god was hovering over the surface of the waters so my question was why was god not hovering over the free space or on the formless earth but why was he hovering on the surface of the waters so this captured my mind the water was covered with darkness and there should be something when god does or when when god is in there god wouldn't be in certain places without a reason because a god is very precise yeah so he was hovering over the surface of the waters because the waters were this was my revelation i don't know about uh, the other revelations but i believe this because god was so intentional about taking away the darkness from the deep waters so if you are my word for you is if you are in the place where you think uh, you you are struggling you want to come out of some darkness darkness could be anything it's not like just black dark night it could be your emotional battles it could be something that you're struggling with it could be your sickness it could be anything that troubles you which doesn't give you joy if you are in that place i'm here to say that god is intentional about you he's intentional in hovering over you this morning he wants to take away the darkness that you are struggling with and call you the light of the world amen and god said let there be light and there was light and god saw the light was good then he separated the light from the darkness what does god do he separates the first thing that he sees is something good something bad so i'm not saying that darkness the night is bad but what i'm saying is there is a light and there is a darkness immediately god sees that and he separates it all right and then god called the light day and the darkness as night so the next thing what god is doing is he 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 didn't just separate them he also named them there is a name there is an identity for for it so he calls light as day and the darkness as night and then god said let there be space between the waters 
to separate the waters of the heaven from the waters of the earth. So again, God is, is so precise. I cannot use any other word apart from precise because he could have just left the waters the way it is. Again, he takes time to separate them from the heavens and the earth. And furthermore, if you read, he also, you know, separates the water on the land and he makes a land. So basically, if you read from 1 to chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 1 to 7, you will see how God tried to make boundaries. He, he made boundaries. There is a boundary for the water level. There is a boundary for the forest. Do you see forest everywhere in the world? No. There's a certain place for it. It is pos positioned in certain ways. Do you see cities everywhere? No. It has a place. It has a position. It has its own boundaries. It has its areas. And if God is so intentional about things that doesn't exist and live, how much more is he intentional about you and me? and knowing our boundaries. So that's what I'm, I'm here to say, that God is really looking up to you and wanting you to know your boundaries. Wanting you to know your boundaries. Let me get into three things. So out of all that we studied here, from the verse one to six, Setting boundaries is directly proportional to your identity. You cannot be called by God and you cannot do things that is not in the will of God. If you, if you don't know that, it's very simple to say that you don't know your identity. Or maybe there is some training and tuning that has to happen in you. The second thing is setting boundary is directly proportional to alignment. There is a place, there is a calling, there is an alignment in your life. So boundary just doesn't make you as a good person. It also, it also shows you that you are unique. You're called by God. And you have an alignment in your life. And the third thing is setting boundaries is directly proportional to setting standards. Do you know, you, you all sang a song today, right? I'm no longer, no longer I'm a slave, but I'm a child of God. Do you really believe that? I remember um, when I was uh, hearing the song and worshiping God, this is the same song that I took in my first time preaching. That, that was something that God was teaching me, that you don't have to fear because you are called to be mine, and I am bossing over you, and I am in you, and you are in me. That's the confidence. So if you know that you are called by Jesus, and you know that you are unique, you are uniquely made in his image, then you need to live a life of standards, and it is God's standards. So boundaries, setting boundaries, laying foundations, having borders will help you to set standards in your life. So these are three things that I would like to share uh, yeah, from my heart, which God had deposited. So let's get into uh, in detail uh, learning of it. So before that, I have a question. 
So talking about boundaries, you know that Bible uh, is called as a book of instruction, right? Do you remember? Do do you remember, or do you, can you just guess when did God instruct His people for the very first time? Ten Commandments. There are certain boundaries that God gave us from the initial days through Moses. And I would I would really love if all of you can read with me. But let me read this for you: the Ten Commandments, the first commandment, the first boundary in our life. If you know God or even if you don't know God, is. The law is law, yeah? You cannot change it, alter it. And that is, that is, that's it. So the first law is, you must not have any other God before me. I don't know why I was led to take this Ten Commandments. I really don't know, but I believe that this, this thing is something that was, that God wanted me to do. All right, so the first thing is you must not have any other God before me. Do you have any other gods before you? Church, speak to me. <laughs> no, yes, maybe. Or maybe in the future. No, this is a law. Come on, you must not have any other God before me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the seas. See, idol can be yourself to some of you. Sometimes uh, what we do is, you know, I'm telling based on my example, right? So sometimes uh, we think we are gods in our situation. Or sometimes when we teach or when we are talking or when we are counseling somebody, we tend to become gods in their life. This is again an idol. Over here, again, you need to know what are your boundaries. So you must not make yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on earth or in the sea. The third commandment, you must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. How many of us do? Including me. Don't misuse. If you want to do something out of your desire, you do it. But please don't use the name of God. Oh, I think I sensed. I think God wanted me to do. How sure are you? Don't do that. So third thing, you must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. And the fourth thing, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Back then, we had something called Sabbath day. But now you can keep every day holy. Yeah? Set your boundaries. Set your time to God. Fifth thing, honor your father and mother. Honor your elders, basically. Sixth, you must not murder. Seventh, you must not commit adultery. Eight, you must not steal. Nine, you must not testify falsely against your neighbor. Ten, you must not covert your neighbor's house. You must not covert your neighbor's wife, male or female servant, ox or donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbors. Did you understand? This is enough. 
for us to set boundaries. But people couldn't follow that, including us, yeah? Sometimes there are times where we bear false witness. Sometimes we try to behave like God and someone trying to prove ourselves. But, you know, Jesus also gave two commandments. He just simplified like how we have a math formula. He just simplified and he brought two commandments. Anybody? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And the other thing. Love the Lord with all your mind, your heart, and your soul. Simple. When you do these two, I'm sure and I'm sure that you will stay in your boundaries. If you love your neighbor as you love yourself, you would never hurt your neighbor's emotion because you don't want to be hurt, right? I want to read a couple of um, verses just to remind you about your identity. I'm sure that each and everyone here in the hall know who Jesus is. You know what he's done for you. You know how he created you and how he loved you. So I don't have to uh, teach you in detail of what an identity is in Christ because you have a beautiful series on it which dad had uh, done years ago and you can get back and you can you can listen to it but I want to read a couple of scriptures then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 God created everything with his word, right? When he created uh, light, he said, let there be light. When he created animals, he said, let there be birds and animals. But when he created human, what did he do? He did something different. He made with his own hands. So you and I are so special that he didn't want it to create by word. You're so dearly, you, if you love something, what would you do? You keep it close to your heart, your hand, diggle with it. You do a lot of things. I believe God was so much in love with us that he did the same with us with his own hands. Yeah, so he made a man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature. Man comes to life after God breathing his breath into his nostrils. How many of you have the fear of death, COVID, whatever? Right now, in this hall, you might. I know even if you don't raise your hands, I know I'm sure. So I just want to share this. I was not intending to share this before you know, coming, coming here, but I think I should. So uh, there was a season, the initial days of the COVID lockdown and stuff, I suddenly lost my smell and uh, taste. And back then there was also a flu, you know, that was spreading very viral. So um, that was when I just shifted my house over here and I was alone. And one night I had uh, crazy breathing issues. Like I, I couldn't breathe. And I thought, that's it. 
I just woke up. It was two or three in the morning. I don't remember the exact timing, but I woke up and I'm like, God, is that all? Am I going to die? So all, all the other things are popping in my mind. And, but still, I, I knew that I'm born for a purpose. I knew that I'm here on this earth for something lesser or greater. Something. I have a purposeful life. So uh, I, that was at one, at one end of my mind, I was remembering that God had brought me for a purpose. I have to do something for the Lord. And the other end, I'm like, no, you can't breathe, you will die. You can't breathe, you can't take oxygen in. And then in the battle of these two thoughts, I heard God telling me, I heard the voice of God. You know something? You are the air that I breathe. This is something that I recited, but what God told me was, I'm the air that you breathe. I'm in the inside of you and I'm in the outside of you. I'm all over you and you have this fear and you have this fear. I don't know who this is for. I didn't come prepared to tell this testimony, but I don't know who this is for. If you have a fear of death, if you think that there is something that's gonna take away your life, I'm here to say that you're born for a purpose. Each and every one over here is called to be a leader and for a purpose. And, and you cannot be taken away just like that because you have a breath that is breathed by God himself into your nostrils. So the second thing, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So not only that he breathes his life into you, his breath into you, now he's given you the courage or the privilege to say that you are God's child. You are the child of God. And there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is Romans chapter 8 verse 1. Don't allow anybody to condemn your church. Don't allow anyone to condemn you. You are a child of God. Know your identity. Know your identity. Know that not anyone can take access into your life so easily. Don't allow that. There is no condemnation who is in Christ. Can I see a few hands who say that I'm in the Lord, I'm in Christ? Then don't allow from today onwards. Keep a full stop for all of that, that that bothers you, that puts you in a place where you can't rise up. Don't allow that. This is, this is all in the context of identity. I'm just trying to revise and let you know that your identity is more important. If God was intentional in creating the world, the universe, and naming them, and giving an identity for the sky as a sky, for the bird as a bird, for Elena as Elena, then you have, an, you, you have something beyond what can be explained. Don't give up on your identity. Don't allow people to take advantage of you. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Again, coming back to that. The earth was formless and empty. So, 
when did the earth came to a form? When God decided to work on it, positioned it, put it, in a, put it into boundaries, when God started doing that, it came to a form. So if you say that you have God in your life, if you say that I love Jesus, and you say that he is in me, then you don't say that you're formless. You're already formed by God. Just that you need to work a little bit to make it more beautiful, to bring a shape out of it. So when God comes and connects with earth, there is a formation that takes place. There is a positioning that is happening. Today, God is in you. So there, if you think that you don't know the roots, the way, the path, I'm here to say that he's forming it for you. He's making it for you. He's making boundaries in your life. He's aligning you to something. He's setting standards in your life. So let me say, quickly get into a few do's and don'ts while you set your boundaries. So I told you, if you remember, setting boundaries is directly proportional to your identity. Yeah? So the first thing that comes over here is discipline yourself. This is do's. There are two things that you need to do to keep up your identity. The first thing is discipline yourself. This is not my word, I'm sure. And I publicly say that this is not from me. You read this from Proverbs chapter 29, verse 17. It says, discipline your son and he will give you rest. He will give delight to your heart. To all the mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters in the house. It, you are accountable if you are leading somebody. Discipline your son. All the mothers and the fathers in the house. You could be physical mother and father. You could be spiritual mother and father. God will hold accountable of you if you don't instruct this, put this into your children. Discipline your son and he will give you rest. You just teach him a few principles and he will walk in the right way and he will give rest. He will give delight to your heart. If you believe this, can you say an amen? amen. Maybe you are young. Maybe you're just growing. Maybe you are a child or a youth. But I think it's very important for us to know from now that discipline is one of the most important key factor for us to build ourselves. And that is one of the most important thing to set our boundaries. If you don't have discipline, then we will mess up. Simple. So discipline yourself and teach your sons and your daughters for they will give you rest. You know, Jesus had a disciplined life, right? I don't have to compare with any of the Bible characters, but the best character is Jesus. He lived a disciplined life. He had a time to pray. He had a time to preach. He had time to everything. So I think we need to have an orderly life. I know that it's, it's, it's not easy, but the second point that I want to mention is we can train ourselves. It's hard, I know, but we can train. You know, if you see a plant, 
If you have you seen a plant in five days, five days, it will have a stem which is very tender, right? So it will be so flexible that you can move it any way you want to, yeah? But imagine this plant in 50 years, it will be a tree already. And even if you put effort in training it to bend to the right and left, it won't because now it starts spreading the way it wants to. Yeah, that's how our life is. You know, if learn now, you're not too older. We are all young. So let's learn now. Let's learn to train ourselves when we are young, when we're still growing in the Lord, so that when we are old enough, we won't be misled. We'll have a path. Yeah? So training yourself is very important. This is in the process of identity. And then comes the don'ts. Very simple. Stop judging. Don't judge anybody by how they are, by not even knowing them. It's not our business. See, Matthew chapter 7, verse 3 and 4 says, And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? This is Jesus saying. How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the logs in your own eye? So my point is, don't judge anyone. Because we ourselves have a lot to deal with in our life. If you are receptive in the spirit, God is about to mold you and make you something different. He's going to form you. He's going to shift. His presence is hovering over you this morning. Setting boundaries directly proportional to alignment. The first pointer over here is guard your heart. Guard your heart. You know, um, recently dad taught us about how people run behind the, the desires of their hearts. But Bible very clearly says, guard your heart. Proverbs 4, 23 and 24, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. What determines the course of your life? Your heart determines. So it's very important for us to guard our hearts. See, all the desires, right, in our life, that is birthing from our heart. It births from our heart. Also, what you need to understand is it's good to have desires, but always take time to ask God if this is matching with his desire. If the desires that you have, does, does it match with God? See, I do this practically. Anything I do, I just take a moment and think, will God like this if I do it? If I feel that strong, con what is convincing thing in my heart, I go about it. I'm not saying all the time I have done rightly, but yes, there are times that we miss. But it's very important for us to guard our hearts. The second point is, Submit your heart to God and the elders 
that God has placed in your life. And stay in obedience. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 and 7 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your ways. Guarding your heart will lead you to submit yourself to the people that God has planted in your life. Don't take it light. Submitting is not an easy task. It is very hard, especially when you know the person. You might be a good friend of her, but if God had used her or him in your life for something, and if, it's God, if God is bringing something through them, can you submit to that person? If you don't know these principles, learn it now. Submit. Submit your heart to Jesus and also obey to the people that God had planted in your life. It could be your leaders that you're submitting to. It could even be the worker that you're working with. Not only church. God has his own ways of doing things. But submitting is one of the best things, I would say, church, for God to lift you as a good person. I'm not talking about the leader concept now, but if you have to build as a good, a genuine, a Somebody who has to be in God's heart is if you do all of these principles rightly. Don'ts about alignment is do not take grace for granted. Please don't take grace for granted. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. It is just it was like a slap for me when I read it because don't just brag about you got saved. It's not your work. It's God's work because grace is available in abundance. It's by his grace that you and me are sitting here and listening to the word of God. But James chapter 4 verse 6 says, He gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Again, there's a twist. See, this is my understanding, church. Before knowing God, grace is, is grace available? Yes, it is. After knowing God, is grace available? Yes. But what's the difference? See, before knowing God, the grace, were, I, I think, I'll put it this way. The grace that you have is, is complete. Like, you know, you might do something, but because you didn't know Jesus, and, and because you don't know him, his ways, the grace upon you is, is something that completes your 
it completes you okay but the grace when you come into the lord right is different because when you come in the lord you start learning his laws you start walking by his principles you have interaction with him every day so you receive instructions every day every minute you have instruction from god but this was not the case when you were without jesus like when you were b- before your salvation so you know that there is an instruction that is coming on your way and you don't obey that and you go against it is there grace yes there is grace but equally there is consequences this is my understanding say that if god says me anu don't do this and i know that i shouldn't do it but i end up doing that i am still in the grace of god because god is gracious but i have to bear certain consequences because of disobedience there are consequences in our life so it's important for you to to not take grace for granted don't take grace for granted god opposes the proud i believe that most of the times we skip or we don't want to be in the grace and take it for granted is when we allow this pride in our heart because god opposes pride and that's where i believe we skip this portion of grace and get into this phase of consequences setting boundaries is directly proportional to our standards setting standard you know i remember when pastor sheldon bengela he had come to our church yeah he had preached on one of the uh, sundays and he made the statement how many of you know that you're a king and queens of jesus like of god you know it yeah so he he was explaining something and he made the statement if you have to become a king then you better start walking like a king if you don't have the posture of the king if you don't know the characters and the habits of the king then you cannot become a king you need to start adapting it same principle if you need to have standards god standards then you better start working on the boundaries and your standards your standards can't be the same where you can't be sitting in a place and judging somebody you can't be sitting in a place and and cribbing about things emotionally mentally your standards are a different level i think god is about to shift each and every one who's you know specifically listening to this word i believe there's going to be a shift in your life there's going to be a shift so set your standards so 2 timothy chapter 3 verse 17 says that the man of god may be competent equipped for every good work anything you do i know most of you would have heard this message but i'm just here to revise you do it with excellence do it with standards do it with quality it's it, it is not about the quantity of your work it's about quality of every work that you give it could be a simple as that of cleaning the the chairs 
do it with god's standards because you know that god's going to be here when we you know when we come to church you know that right god is omnipotent that's for sure but there is something special about the days that we have services yeah so believe that god is going to be seated in one of the chairs so why can't you set the standards everywhere you go in your personal life keep declaring uh the identity over your life say that i am a child of god i am a citizen of heaven i am not a citizen of india yes i am but but let your standards go high that's what i'm trying to say can you declare it every morning when you wake up set your standards to how god looks into you as and build a pattern and strategy in your life and why i'm working on that i'm working on that personally and i believe that it's 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 an instruction to all of us here we can't live a life like how animals live yeah have you seen dogs they also have boundaries they don't allow you to get into their area do you have any experience yeah they don't allow but they live the way they want to they don't they sleep the way they want to in any place but we can't live a life like that we need to have standards in our life we need to have we need to build certain patterns and standards 1 corinthians 14 verse 40 says but all things must be done properly and in an orderly manner because god is a god of orders yeah these are keys these are keys for us and my last my last and my sincere request to everyone is avoid familiarities avoid familiarities it could be just someone in, in your church it could be uh, somebody that you're working with don't a love familiarities coming back to this in the process of becoming familiar with each other you know what we to be very frank we behave like fools when we become familiar when we bring that concept of familiarity we become fools and you don't even know how it blocks your blessings sometimes you don't even know because you're just taking it for granted it blocks your blessings and third thing is cuts off your access sometimes i think i have to say this sometimes god would have placed you under somebody all right i'll take my example there were times that i was placed under eli and i would it is very natural for any human to become familiar with each other yeah it's very natural but i think setting boundaries is all about you trying to not be familiar that is all so in the process i know that she's working for the church and things but sometimes our words sometimes the way we treat them probably could unintentionally hurt the person 
that could block your blessing. This is too much of spiritual stuffs in it, which is another chapter altogether if we have to explain. But overall, when you are under somebody, when you are submitting to someone, or when you are placed under someone for a, for a period of time, don't build familiarity because it can block the blessings that you have from that person. And the thing is, it could also end up in your cutoff of your access with that person. Don't do that. Don't build familiarity. Try to, I'm not saying don't love and when you see each other, turn your face and walk away. No, that is not about it. You have to be wise enough to respect, to submit, even when it doesn't make sense at times. Try to respect each other. Love your neighbors as you love yourself. Very simple. Just a quick brush up of the do's alone. Don't, I'm sure that you wouldn't do, at least from today, if we are into that. But do's, disciplining, training, guarding, submitting, setting standards, having patterns and strategies. This will build you and help you have a beautiful borders, boundaries in your life, where you can lead an, as an example to many. Because, because I believe, I, I strongly believe that this word is for the leaders who are in this church. When I say leaders, if you are 60 of you in this hall right now, I'm talking to all the 60. You're called to be leaders. Just don't underestimate yourself. Before ending, how many have this habit of uh, looking into yourself in the mirror as you wake up early in the morning? Nobody. Annie. <laughs> yeah, I do that. I agree, I do that. Okay. So, um, I, I was, I was uh, preparing for the word and immediately my husband, he also has this habit. He always looks at himself and he calls him to be cute. And he, yes, he does. And of course he is cute. <laughs> so I just had this thought a pop up in my mind where God, when he, when God created us, right? How, how did God create? He created? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so God created in the like image. Yeah? So we are made like him. God is cute. You're cute, Jesus. So, um, when he looks at each and every one, right? It's like how we look into ourselves in the mirror and say, you're cute. So every morning, I think God looks at us and say, hey, Nidhi, you look cute. Because he sees, he sees himself in her. So, I just want to leave this with you as I finish. God looks at you the way he is. So it's important for us to follow the principles and set standards like how he is set. 
his standards. If you are walking, on, walking with an ordinary lifestyle, it's time for you to pull your socks and have a standard, standards like Jesus. Walk like him. Walk like a king. Walk like a lion and lionesses. Roar like a lion. Soar like eagle. Because we are called to be like that. Don't allow condemnations and stop judging. I believe that this will help each and every one of you in this place. Thank you for downloading today's sermon. We hope this ministered to you and your family today. Connect with us at dreamingrevival.com and you are welcome to join in to any of our Sunday celebration service at 11 a.m. Or you can tune in to our live stream at youtube.com slash God bless you and have a blessed week.